The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is good, everybody? Welcome, one and all, to TGI Football here on the SB Nation NFL Show. Before we go any further, we would like to remind you that this show is presented to you by our friends at DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with code SBNFL because life's more fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. It is Friday, December 1st. 2023 uh not quite the most important month in the nfl but the second most at the very least and we're here to preview all of the action to come in week 13 and discuss of course what happened on thursday night football i say we my name is rj ocho from blogging the boys brandon lee gotten is here from bleeding green nation as is steven serta from arrowhead pride steven what did you have for dinner last night um i had leftovers it was just like uh Grilled chicken, avocado, broccoli, and rice from the night before. A little soy sauce on top. That's not a, a just thing, Brandon. You know, like when you say just, it's like, oh, I just had a sandwich. You know what I mean? Like Steven's over here like, I just had this like incredible meal. That's par for the course for Steven. I mean, I think he's like secretly a professional chef or something. That's I like true. to cook. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big meal prep guy. Uh, what did you have for dinner, Brandon, while we're on the subject? I was at a watch party for the game we're about to talk about, where uh, I was at Wrong Crowd Beer in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and had these bacon-wrapped jalapeno poppers that I was very excited to try for a long time, and I had them, and they were great. Awesome. I had uh, tamales. Um, I shoved them in my mouth quickly before Thursday night's game, which you mentioned we're about to talk about. We're going to, of course, recap Thursday night football, Cowboys beating the Seahawks. Uh, We will have our pick three segment, which is also brought to you by DraftKings. Um, We have a bone to pick with Steven Serta for letting us down last week, Mm. at least. Um, And then we will preview all of the action to come on Sunday in week 13. Gentlemen, the Dallas Cowboys survived on Thursday night football against the Seattle Seahawks, 41 to 35, the final score. Um, my kind of general thoughts, and then we can get a little bit into it. Um, I was very nervous that today was going to feature a lot of the can't beat teams above 500. Um, that monster looked to be rearing its ugly head. Uh, but Steven, the Cowboys dug in. Dak Prescott carried them. The defense showed up at the most opportune times at the very end. Uh, and the Cowboys have now won 14 games in a row at AT&T Stadium. Yeah, it's 
And, you know, them winning the game, too. Now I think the narrative is just going to be like, well, the Seahawks aren't actually good. Like, the Seahawks aren't a good team, so this game doesn't actually matter, even though they're over 500. And, I, I mean, I think the Seahawks are a fringe playoff team anyways, based on what we've seen from them. But they were giving it everything they had last night. And Dak Prescott has just been unbelievable. Dak and CD right now are the hottest duo in the NFL. And I think... The, the MVP race, like Dak should be the front runner if he's not already in people's <laughs> minds, um, just because it's a quarterback award now. And so I think there's other guys that you could make a case for, like whole body of work over the entire season. But the way he's playing right now, if we just give this thing and chalk it up to quarterbacks, like Dak is playing better than any other quarterback across the NFL right now. Like he's just been that consistent every week. He's been absolutely insane since their bye week. I have been ready to jump ship on the Seahawks. I thought they were going to get blown out in this game. I thought that if we had a lock of the week, uh, you know, potential for Thursday night games, which we don't do here, I was considering taking the Seahawks. So credit you to them for playing. What? You were going to take the Seahawks? I thought you said you were ready to Sorry, jump ship. I was going to take the Cowboys. Um, you would have lost. That's So you're, you're lucky that we don't have right. that potential. Well, I'm saying they played better than I expected for sure, um, which good for them. Um, but – uh, and that was pers- that was because I took them as a lock against the Rams when they were one point favorites and they lost and they got swept by the Rams this year. So I'm still not like loving the Seahawks, but again, they uh, they put up a better fight than I expected. This was a really entertaining Thursday night game for once, which is really nice and cool because we typically don't get those. So I thought that was cool as well. Um, yeah, Cowboys offense has been playing at a high level the whole year. Um, defense obviously was not as good, but came through at the end there. I don't know how the Seahawks leave Micah Parsons unblocked. That seems pretty egregiously bad on the final play of the game. Um, But the Cowboys came up big in those fourth down stops, three straight at the end of the game, and that was huge. Um, I don't know if you're aware, um, your buddy Benjamin Solak had a great breakdown about this. That was by design. Um, that the Seahawks left Micah Parsons unblocked. That was just part of the, you know, okay, the good strategy. They, well, I'm, I, in a vacuum, that's, it sounds very dumb. But uh, again, I would encourage people to watch. I, I can't articulate it as well as uh, as Ben did, but um, it there was some logic to it. Overthinking um, it. I don't want to hear some advanced breakdown. Block the best player <laughs> on the other team. I don't need I'm, a, I'm an just, actual. Actually, I'm, this is good or this is smart. I'm just letting you know that it was per- not only like purposeful, but like literally the plan. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's um, a bad plan. Uh, the Cowboys did not cover as we, you know, kind of, we didn't say that explicitly um, because you're right, Steven. I mean, this was a really desperate Seahawks team. Um, I talked a lot about it, blogging the boys leading up to this game uh, about how this game was potentially the most significant one remaining on the season for the Cowboys. As far as playoff implications go, if you believe the Eagles are going to wrap up the NFC East, Seattle's kind of the most primary challenger to Dallas for that fifth seed uh, in the NFC as the top wild card. And it felt like Seattle knew that, um, obviously, and it felt like Seattle knows you can't fall to six and six and, and really fall in a, posi- in a position where you need a lot of people to help you. And so, yeah, this felt like the best Seahawks team we've seen all season long. I think we would both probably agree with that. Um, interestingly, I know, Brandon, you're already upset with Steven for his um, his his note that Dak should be leading the MVP conversation. Uh, Mookie Alexander, who runs field goals, our, um, our Seattle Seahawks site around here at, at SB Nation, he sent me a slack right after this game. We were you know, kind of talking about different stuff. This was Mookie's uh, first line. That game gave me confidence. We can beat the Eagles. Those were Mookie's words. Um, obviously, the Seahawks-Eagles game. They lost. I know they lost, but Geno Smith was on fire. I mean, he I, sucked like, at on, the end. On he, Thursday night. Do you know 
effing sucked at the end of that game. <laughs> there were so many key well, moments where he just like faltered at the end. Uh, and I, I will say, like, this has kind of been the issue with Gino all season. Like last year has incredible like like comeback year where he just shocked everybody with how well he played. And last night for three quarters of the game, we did see that version of Gino that we saw last season, but that hasn't been the version of Gino that he's been most of the year. I sat DK Metcalf and my fantasy team last night <laughs> oh, because DK has been terrible. And, and Gino was just lights out last night. Like he was playing unconscious for most of the game, but then yeah, he had critical mistakes. Um, This felt like down. the, this felt like the first, oh my gosh, they have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Jackson Smith and Jigba game that the Seahawks have played this season. Like, they were so unstoppable. And credit to them, but also, I mean, you said it, Brandon, the Cowboys defense got worked. Um, in my stock report, I had Dan Quinn as a stock down. I've told you both before, it is not a popular thing in Cowboys land to come for Dan Quinn because he's perfect and he's the reason that they have any kind of success. I mean, does anybody regard Shane Waldron to be a bright offensive mind? Right, like the Seahawks had a, a seven-quarter offensive touchdown drought entering this game and mm -hmm. didn't punt. I know they had the the three, you know, failed fourth down attempts, but I mean, goodness gracious, like people people give Dan Quinn, and I'm not here to just bag on Dan Quinn, but people act like he is infallible and he is perfect and he is amazing, and he got completely and totally dominated. He got carried by Mike McCarthy as an offensive play caller and by Dak Prescott, and that obviously takes us to the Dak discussion. I mean. He's fourth in MVP odds now, Stephen, in a literal sense, um, according to our friends at DraftKings. I think other odds makers have him at different places. Um, he is the ninth quarterback to throw at least 20 touchdown passes and no more than two interceptions in a single season, six game span. Six of the previous eight players to do that did win MVP. Um, this is Dak at the peak of his powers right now. And you mentioned it, having C.D. Lamb, Jake Ferguson has come along. The Cowboys have finally realized that Brandon Cooks can help their offense. They are humming and, and moving along, and it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it's he, he's been insane. And like and I get like the knock on him right now is you know, early in the season, the Cowboys were winning because their defense was just turning everybody over and dominating and pick sixes and all of that stuff. And Dak wasn't really throwing that much, and CD wasn't heavily involved, and he just wasn't putting up huge numbers. But this run that he is on right now, like Patrick Mahomes is still like at the top of the MVP odds. Jalen Hurts and I think two is still in the mix there. Like I understand why those guys are in the mix there, but none of those players have a stretch like what Dak is on right now this season. Like none of them have put together that many type of performances in a row this year, and. MVP can change really quick because, you know, you have one bad game and all of a sudden it's like, oh, he's out of the conversation now. Like we see that happen every single year, but none of the top quarterbacks in the NFL have put together a stretch like Dak has put together since the Cowboys bye week. And that deserves to be acknowledged. I think he should be higher in the MVP odds because nobody's really made a strong case for it unless you want to make a case for like Tyreek Hill or A.J. Brown or one of these other non-quarterbacks to be in the mix. But like I mentioned, it's a quarterback award. And so I think Dak should be at the top right now. I think it's really going to be decided over the next couple of weeks here with, you know, the Eagles playing the 49ers. That's obviously going to be big as it relates to, and I don't think Brock Purdy should be MVP, but he's in that conversation or in some of the, you know, the odds. Um, so if Jalen Hurts beats him or Brock Purdy beats Jalen Hurts, that's obviously going to be a big factor, which then, Sets up the Eagles-Cowboys matchup in Week 14, which will certainly be very big for the MVP narrative between Dak and Jalen Hurts. So I really think the next two weeks are going to be a big decider uh, in that award. Yeah, I know. We're talking about the Cowboys, but 
I'd say the the contender, uh, the quarterback contender outside of those three that could maybe show up is if the Bills got hot, if Josh Allen, you know, resuscitated them, he might be the one. Or if Lamar did something amazing, he's high on the odds too. But um, it just feels like mm-hmm. Lamar is somebody who it, – it's so difficult to win it a second time. Right. And with that's actually a really good point about Josh Allen too because the Bills' schedule gets really tough here. So, like, if they're able to, like you said, like re- if they are able to come back, it would take a lot. Because you have to play the Chiefs in Kansas City, you have to play the Cowboys coming up. Um, Chargers aren't any good, and then you play the Patriots and Dolphins. Okay, um, the, the Chargers Patriots stretch there easy, but then ending the season in Miami. Um, if you go on like a, if you just win, if you win out, then yeah, obviously he would have a strong case. Mm. The Dallas Cowboys are nine and three for the second year in a row. Uh, it's possible the Cowboys are going to wind up winning something like 25 games in a two year stretch and not even have a division title to show for it. Not that that's what matters, but that's just how competitive the mm. NFC East has been. Why is that? Um, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, Steven, I don't know if you know, Brandon and I launched the NFC East mixtape in 2021. And ever since then, it has just been like, <laughs> we're looking at, at three straight playoff years in a row for both Dallas and Philadelphia in that time. So mm. we picked a good good period to, to start a podcast about this. That's all I'm saying. So, um, Stephen, you get the final say on this game, please. Uh, the Cowboys beat a good team, I think. Hmm. Stephen, I have always said that you are handsome and wonderful Do we, and smell great. Well, I have a question. Do we think the Seahawks are going to make the playoffs? Yes. Yes. I mean, who, I who are the, the, who are the other... The so, Packers are surged. The Packers name, have a very easy schedule. Okay, that's one. Name the other team that's taken the third wild card. I think the Vikings will stabilize a little bit and hang around, and I think they'll no make way. it. So I think, yeah, I think they will. Well, you I were outvoted. Like so the, the Saints maybe are in the mix there, probably. Or I the mean, Rams. I don't think they'll make it. The Rams are are back in the mix. The Rams have the tiebreaker over the Seahawks because they beat them twice this year. If the Rams climb above 500, do the Cowboys get credit for blowing them out? I guess. I mean, <laughs> who was the quarterback? Was Stafford the quarterback for that game? It was Stafford. Yeah. Okay. I, I couldn't remember. That was, because that of... was one of Deron Bland's pick sixes was against he, uh, yeah. Stafford. Yeah, Stafford couldn't couldn't throw in that game. Like I was going to say, didn't he leave? Is that the game he left early? He did leave. Uh, but, okay, I mean, he well. Played. I'm just, well, I mean, you know. Well, you don't whatever. get credit when you beat a team when their quarterback has to leave early, as we've seen with the <laughs> Eagles and the 49ers. Um, anyway, well, I mean, it is a different thing when it's actually a quarterback who's playing the position as opposed to somebody else. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Pick me! One, two, three. Pick one. On three. Pick three, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, it is now time to do our pick three segment, which is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Brandon, you and I are on a bit of a heater here. All right. You and I, we look at these games. We find legs. They hit. All right. We have all the legs in the world. We're like octopus, right? Octopi, um, I guess. Um, we have so many legs is really the point. Uh, are they legs? I guess. I don't know. Either way, uh, we were so yeah. close last week, Brandon, to having three same mm. game parlays in a row. After never having done it together, we literally were about to pull off a hat trick, and Stephen let us down. How mm. mad? Actually, how full of rage were you? Is my question. I thought we, I like, I almost thought we hit it um, because it, it came so close. I remember we were all messaging each other. Uh, no, little... no, no. He... Steven and I were messaging each other. You weren't involved in the conversation <laughs> as the game was happening, just to be clear. No, I was. No, you weren't. 
I was. Stephen, back, back me up on that. I absolutely was. I mean, maybe not at that point, but I was saying earlier, I was like tracking yeah. like the Tyree Kill touchdown and everything. Yeah, you uh, were there for the first five minutes and then you left. And Stephen and I had to. Well, carry once it my all leg the rest hit, my work is done, baby. I did my part. I, BLG did. He said Brees Hall leg might be tough. He was the one that kicked off the conversation. Wow. Yeah. So you cast the negative vibes. Stephen, <laughs> I'm actually no longer mad at you anymore. Okay. That's <laughs> um, good. Brees Hall failed us. Stephen, you failed us. Um, as a result, on the season, Brandon, you and I are an even Steven six and six in terms of picking same game parlay legs. Steven, you are five and seven, so right behind. Brandon, I will give you the honors first. We are picking uh, a same game or base or putting together a same game parlay around the San Francisco 49ers visiting the Philadelphia Eagles. I have the Jalen Hurts under on rushing yards at 44 and a half. And I'm taking that because he's only gone over that three times this year. And one of the games was like 47 yards, so just barely over that. And the Niners this season have only allowed, they haven't faced a ton of mobile quarterbacks, so that's something worth considering. But I think they're only allowing like 13 rushing yards per game to quarterbacks. So you know, this is well under typically what they allow um, on the under there. So I really like that. I think Jalen Hurts will have a big game with his arm. I don't think he'll be using his legs quite as much in this one. So uh, I like the under there. Okay, um, that's logical. That's sound. Well reasoned. Good job by you. Uh, we'll see if you hit on Sunday. I am going to take the San Francisco 49ers uh, on the race to 10 points. I think I have a 100% conversion on the my race uh, prop picks uh, this season. I think I've done it twice. Um, well, you shook your head, Brandon, but the Eagles had a horrible first half last week against Buffalo. I mean, that's kind of their thing is like okay. have horrible starts. Game. <laughs> like my bad for basing it across the entirety of the 2023 season. How silly and stupid of me. Uh, but anyway, the Eagles tend to, I wouldn't say bury themselves early, but maybe get a foot behind, uh, find a way to hang on, wait for the opportune moment, take the lead, get their win. So 10 points is totally conceivable. I could absolutely see Kyle Shanahan having an opening game script that leads to an opening touchdown. That's seven of the 10 points right there. I think that San Francisco is the first to get to 10. That's just the first to get to 10, Brandon. Relax. Nobody is saying the Eagles suck or stink or anything like that. Eagles are fifth in first quarter points this year. Okay. Well, that means there are four teams better than them. So they're not that good. So embarrassing. Uh, Steven, uh, what leg of yours is going to fail us this week? So I picked AJ Brown anytime touchdown. Um, and you know, obviously AJ's been a little quieter lately compared to that insane run that he was on earlier in the season, but he's still been scoring touchdowns in kind of what BLG was saying, like uh, about Jalen Hurts and the under on the rushing yards. Like the 49ers have just been spectacular this year at stopping the run. But where you can beat them a little bit is against their secondary and in the passing game. So I think that's where the Eagles have to attack them to win this football game is through the air. Devontae Smith been doing great. But at the end of the day, A.J. Brown is still their elite stud wide receiver. And I think he's got to find the end zone this week for them to win this football game. So I, I love A.J. Brown to score this week. It does kind of feel like he's due too um like it's it's been too quiet as of late so uh, i hope you're wrong but uh, i think it's a good bet as far as we're concerned it should be noted i think we should start noting this that steven you were the first person to get a leg in so you had everything available to you i think though this was the lowest hanging fruit so good job by you um I mean, all right. it's the longest odds though that's true steven what are you doing man like come on like why are you doing this why are you peeing into the wind all the time i was here? only a half yard short on Brees hall <laughs> and when you guys sent that message he was at 18 receiving yards. I'm pretty sure he caught four more passes and mm. only got to 24, and I needed 24 and a half. 
he, um, I think his first catch of the game too was like a two yard loss. So that sucked. Was, like, that's yeah. that was that was when you said it might be tough because he lost right. yardage right away. Um, so wow. Okay, Steven, watch you be the only one who hits. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, It is time to fly through all of the Sunday games in Week 13. Two reminders before we get set. Each of us holds a zap. We can zap one another um, regarding teams that we do not cover. Uh, If you get zapped, you have to shut up. You just offer one sentence uh, with your prediction as far as what will happen. Um, So we will see who gets zapped and where. Also, an update. um, We don't usually provide this, but we should because Brandon obsesses over it. Um, Our lock of the week standings. Uh, We will each provide a lock of the week. Steven, you are leading the way with a 10-2 record. Brandon, you are right there, though, 9-2-1. I'm riding caboose at four and eight. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, so let's start, Stephen, with the Miami Dolphins coming off of that Black Friday win against the Jets. They are visiting the Washington Commanders, and they are laying nine and a half points in the process. I don't think anyone in their right minds thinks that the Commanders are going to somehow upset the Dolphins this week. Uh, you know, I, Miami is a really good team and obviously they've only got three losses on the season. The, the offense is amazing. Tyreek Hill's playing out of his mind this season. I don't know if Devon Achan is going to be back this week. Um, like to see him get back in the mix because he's a really exciting young player, but if he's not, I think Jeff Wilson's totally serviceable behind Raheem Mostert. So I think they will be fine there. And the commanders, it's just kind of unraveling at this point. Like Ron Rivera is totally on the hot seat. I don't think he's going to be back next year. And so, for them, it's just can we play spoiler and upset a really good team? But I don't think they're going to be able to do it against the Dolphins because the commander's secondary is just one of the absolute worst in all of the NFL. So I think Miami's going to pretty easily run away with this one, and I think they're pretty easily going to cover the nine and a half points. 
Yeah, after seeing what A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith have done against the Commanders this season, I'm not really feeling good about the Commanders' chances of stopping um, Tyreek Hill and company there. So this is pretty easy for me. Dolphins also coming off extra rest from that Jets game on the Friday, the first Black Friday game. So that's another little edge that they have here. And I think the Commanders are doing what they should be doing in terms of I think they're kind of organizationally tanking at this point in the season. And that will potentially set them up better for the long run we'll see about them being able to actually make the right decisions but for now losing is the way to winning for them dolphins winning cover i thought that ron rivera might have been fired after the thanksgiving day loss given the little mini buy for washington to maybe get things in order and i would offer that that's maybe the one thing they're not doing that they should be um just because maybe they don't want to do that because they don't want the bump they don't want they don't want to like be well Maybe I would risk the bump. Um, and Brandon, you and I talked about this on the aforementioned mixtape. You got to find out what you have in Eric Bieniemy. Like you, you got to find out if he's like a, a viable candidate to be a head coach for you or not. And that would have been a, an opportunity, obviously, to get a chance, see him in all of December, uh, run the team. You know, because are you going to interview him? You should. You know, if you do fire Ron Rivera, like is Eric Bieniemy going to get interviews anywhere else? Like I know that's a conversation that happens, you know, on an annual basis at this point in time. Uh, that's the the one, I guess, like organizational mistake I think that they're making at this point. Uh, but as far as the game is concerned, I'm with y'all. Like, and Ron Rivera is like the ultimate loser. Like I talked about it a lot, but like punting uh, across the 50 yard line on the first two possessions of the game last week was ultimate coward behavior. I can't bet on the commanders in any way, shape or form after that. So um, I'm taking the Dolphins. Very interested to see them this week as well. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, Brandon, who you... You took the cheese on like everybody else. Chargers going to be so great. Kellen Moore is going to be so great. Justin Herbert's going to be so great. And the Chargers stink. Yeah, they stink out loud. They are so bad. But despite being so bad, they are five and a half point favorites on the road in New England against the Patriots, who are definitely tanking at this point. I would stay away from this line, but if you have to bet it, if you simply must, then obviously I'm going to lean with the Chargers. I think the Patriots are doing what I just said the Commanders are doing and organizationally tanking as they should be because that's how you get better, I think, for them at this point. I will take the Chargers to win and cover, but again, I just would not even touch this line. The Patriots are so bad that they're the first ever team to get flexed out of a Monday night football matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs in week 15. This morning, (laughs) I called it the Chiefs' biggest win since the Super Bowl, getting that game flexed to a noon kickoff and not a standalone Monday night football game. Uh, I'm on the other end of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah, your schedule got worse. I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. I apologize. But no, the Patriots are legitimately that bad. Um, It's unraveling for the Chargers right now. And I I think Brandon Saley's not going to be there next year. And some of it for the Chargers is just injuries and how banged up they are. Like Justin Herbert's got nobody reliable to throw the football to besides Keenan Allen. And Keenan Allen's just getting 15 targets a game, basically, because there's nobody else. And Austin Eckler, who's been banged up this year, looks like he's lost some of that explosiveness. Like he just kind of looks slow out there. And the Patriots defense has been better at home versus on the road. So, like, that's something to keep in mind, which is why I agree with BLG. It's a line you should probably just stay away from. 
But at the end of the day, I'm going to bet on Justin Herbert over what the Patriots have going on right now. I still don't even like, is the quarterback going to be Bailey Zappi? Is it going to be Mac Jones? I don't really know who the starting quarterback is because the Patriots are like, oh, well, we don't, we're not going to tell you. Like, we're not going to give you any insight as if it matters anyways. Like they're one of the worst offenses in the league. So I'll take the Chargers. I'll take the points, but I would probably just stay away from this game. Yeah, I'm with you both, uh, and that if if I have to bet it, I'll take the the Chargers and lay the points. But um, there are some games where teams brag for the most hollow reasons possible. Tell me that this doesn't have that feel, like on the outset. Like, couldn't you just see like Brandon Staley in the in the like post game press conference being like, "Look, this is a hard place to play. You know, this this is the greatest coach of all time that that we just went up against and that we put up all these points on, and you know, we're building something here, and 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 this is this is part of our culture, and blah 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 blah. Like this is you know, this is this is a sad state of affairs for the Chargers. It almost sounds like you're doing a Russell Wilson voice there. <laughs> I actually thought as I was saying that um, that I sounded like Brandon Staley. Like in my mind, I really thought I did. Um, I've always been annoyed at Brandon Staley because everybody thinks he's. I remember he was on Adam Schefter's podcast, like when he first got hired and everybody's like, oh my gosh, he, he reads books and he drinks Starbucks. Like, you know, he's, he was like this, you know, millennial, you know, sort of category player or coach that got hired that like people fell in love with. And, um, man, blame, just blame Sean McVay. Cause I was like the Sean, Mc, you know, everyone attached to Sean McVay is the best thing. Did anybody work out from that? I guess Matt LaFleur kind of. LaFleur has been, a, I mean, obviously kind of interesting to parse, but. I guess, yeah, he's been good. Mm. Um, there wasn't who, Zach Taylor a part of that coaching staff. Oh, that's Kevin true. That's Kevin true. O'Connell, too. Yeah, that's true. That's okay, bad. so j- just Cliff and, you know, Brandon Staley are the failures, basically, at this point. Okay. Um, all right, let's move on. Um, I'm surprised nobody locked this game. Bit of a spoiler alert. Uh, but the Detroit Lions are playing for the first time since we saw them lose in embarrassing, <coughs> excuse me, embarrassing fashion on Thanksgiving Day against the Packers. They are four-point favorites in the Superdome, Brandon, against the Saints, who coughed up the lead in the NFC South like I coughed right now. Steven did lock this game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I, look, I've had a very busy morning, so sorry. Uh, Steven, let Steven, you go first. Sorry, Steven. Steven, yeah. I apologize. You, as, as mentioned, are handsome and beautiful. It's real nice. Oh, thank you. I appreciate all of that. Um, yeah, I, I did lock this game up. I, I just think the Lions are in for a, a good bounce back performance here. Um, and really the Saints, Derek Carr has been bad this season. And the Saints are really banged up on the offensive side of the ball now. Like they were down to like Keith Kirkwood last week as a pass catcher and A.T. Perry because Olave left and and Michael Thomas is on IR right now. I think Taysom Hill like even got banged up in that one at one point. And Alvin Kamara is, you know, get, seeing a lot of volume but not really doing a lot with it. I think the, the Lions really need a, a good bounce back win after kind of getting dominated uh, by the Packers on Thanksgiving. And I think it's a good opportunity for it. The Saints also just put Marshawn Lattimore on IR, which is a huge loss for their secondary. And it was kind of the one thing that had really been propping the saints up this season is that defense and that secondary had been great all year, but uh, we'll see if Olave can go. I know he's been a limited participant in practice this week, so maybe he's available, but that doesn't really change things all that much for me. I I still think the lions are just the much better team and I have no faith in Derek Carr at this point. So that's why the lions are my lock this week. I agree with that. I mean, the lions big weakness, I would say, you know, is their pass defense and you're just not really worried about that against whatever, Saints quarterback option is there for New Orleans so um, that is mitigated Lions coming off extra rest having played on Thursday 
I think that game was troubling, but also a little bit of like could be sort of as a wake up call game. And I think they'll put forth a better effort in this one on the road. It's worth noting that. Well, I mean, that's that's up for debate because how much do we really care about the NFC South? But it was a big loss for the Saints last week to lose to the Falcons because the Falcons kind of dead in the water there. And now they're at the top of that terrible division. Um, so it'll be interesting to see here if the Saints can actually recover at all or if they're just going to continue to falter and fall out of this thing, which is pretty pathetic because even though Carr has been bad, I mean, I still think they've had the best quarterback situation in that division, which isn't really saying much uh, this season, but, and obviously I think probably the best defense from that division and yet they might not even win it. So that'd be pretty sad. I will also take the lions minus four. Um, Yeah. Remember, I mean, I know we all kind of agreed, but like, remember when the, like, like everyone was like, Oh, is Derek Carr the, the second or third best quarterback in the NFC after he signed with the saints? Like where, like, I don't even know that he's in the top half right now. I mean, which is kind of difficult to not be in, you know, like in today's NFL landscape. Um, he has been awful. Um, but you're right, Brandon, still the most stable option that any team in the division has had. Uh, this is a sneaky, I don't know if it's a revenge game, but a return game for Dan Campbell going back to New Orleans, obviously. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, I will say this, like everybody loves to do this with like, you know, would be contenders like, oh, this is the like, if you lose this game, everyone's going to like jump out on you. If the Lions lose to the Saints, mm. if this is, you know, I don't want, I don't know if it's a trap game, but it's, it's like the Lions are good enough to have trap games now. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a low key kind of trap ish sort of game. Does that concern you, Stephen, having locked them up? No, because wow. I, I think the Lions defense is a concern and it's been a concern for a while now. And that was the big issue last week. Like, they just can't generate pressure. If you can control Aiden Hutchinson, they don't have anybody who really gets after the quarterback in a meaningful way. And their secondary has a bunch of injuries and hasn't been playing very well. Like that is a red flag, but it's against Derek Carr. So like if it was against a better quarterback, I'd be like, yeah, I'm a little worried about this game, but Derek Carr has been so bad this year and they're so banged up in their wide receiver room. Like I just have no faith that Derek Carr is going to come out here and throw for like 300 yards and three touchdowns against the lions. Mm, famous last words. I'll take the lions too, though, for what it's worth. Um, just cause the Saints are that bad. Um, all right. The Arizona Cardinals are visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, unless it moves, Steven, the line is yep. Pittsburgh favored by five and a half. I will tell you both, honestly, I thought about locking this up on, on behalf of the mm. Cardinals just because I can't in any way give Pittsburgh five and a half points. Um, I feel similarly um, to the way we felt about the Chargers-Patriots game, right? Like, I, I would not touch this game, but if I had to mm -hmm. bet on it, I would take the Steelers, Brandon, um, just because the Cardinals are that bad. But, I mean, could you not see them not covering here? Like, they, I know that they finally eclipsed 400 yards and, and everything, but, like, they still barely won last week. Like, I, the Steelers are the most fraudulent team among, you know, teams with, with superior records at this point in time. I was thinking to myself, I was like, when's the last time they won by at least that many? And it was just this past game when they beat the Bengals by just uh, over that at six. But then going back before that, I mean, they only beat the Packers by four. They beat the Titans by four. They lost to the Jags by 10. They beat the, the Rams by seven. Um, but yes. Was that Matthew Stafford? I don't remember point? at that point. It was late October. But in any case, yes, it's hard to trust them to score enough to cover, basically. I do think they will win, um, but 
I think, yeah, I think it's okay to take the cards getting the points there in a Steelers win. I'm going to take the Steelers and the points. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not confident about it either. Yeah. Like you mentioned last week, like 400 yard performance. Great. Steelers offense is back. Pickett's turning it around and they put up 16 points. <laughs> like It's not like they put up 400 yards and, and dropped 35 points. And Kenny Pickett had, I think Kenny Pickett's had one multiple touchdown game in his entire NFL career so far. Um, like, yeah, they were better and they were doing th- because it was like, oh, we actually have weapons that can win matchups down the field. Like that was the biggest difference for them. So I think they can do that this week against the Cardinals. The Cardinals defense was a little pluckier early in, earlier in the season, but they've really been getting exposed lately. But I think where you really beat the Cardinals is on the ground. We saw Kyron Williams just absolutely destroy them single handedly for the Rams last week. And Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are both playing really well right now. So I think the Steelers are just really going to lean into their run game. Maybe they win some of those matchups again down the field. Pat Firemuth coming off of a monster game. But like, I, I still don't have a ton of faith in Kenny Pickett in the Steelers offense, but they're at least throwing things past the line of scrimmage now, which with those weapons should benefit them in the long run. So I'll take the Steelers. Mm, tough times for Pittsburgh. Um, but they're the kind of like fan base, and I, I say this with respect, that like, they're going to talk themselves into this working. You know what I mean? They're like, hey, man, we're winning. Like, a win is a win. Blah, blah, blah. And Mike Tomlin, above 500. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, uh, let's move on. This gentleman is kind of, uh, you know, low. Look, we're, we're going to get to Niners-Eagles, Stephen, and, like, the heaviness that that has. But those are both playoff teams. There's potential for this Broncos-Texans game to be the most significant game of the week in terms of deciding one team's fate and the others as well. I could speak properly. Um, my point is the Broncos and Texans are both six and five. Winner, I wouldn't say inside track to making the playoffs, but certainly life looking up for you. Loser, you're outside of the mark. And that is a really tough scene. Even right now, Stephen, they're both technically outside of the playoff picture in the AFC. This is a must win for both Denver and Houston as far as this season's playoffs are concerned. Yeah, I'm a little weary of this game because I picked the Texans last week and I think you guys picked the Jags and obviously the Jags put together a really good performance against Houston. And I feel like the Texans defense had been playing kind of above its head all season long, just based on the talent that they have right now. Like they've got some young players, but their secondary, I think, especially had been playing a little bit above its head and it's kind of come back down to earth recently. Um and I think that's why we've seen them struggle a little bit more. But C.J. Stroud's still playing out of his mind. The Broncos, though, have just been really good on defense lately. And and their secondary, especially, is given opposing passing tax a, a, a lot of issues. And so it like I want to pick the Texans because I'm rooting for the Texans because I like what C.J. Stroud and what they're building there in Houston – but I'm kind of leaning Broncos mm. here just because of the way that they played. And and Sean Payton, to his credit, I know I bashed him a lot, but to his credit, he's going out of his way to not put Russell Wilson in situations that he's going to like hurt them offensively. Like they're playing really conservatively and they're scoring points and playing defense. And that's why they're on a five game winning streak. And I think they've got a good chance to keep that up this week. I think I went into the icebox for the. Broncos last week from my guy Russell yeah. Wilson who I, I just yeah because you, you were hesitant about Jim Schwartz and stuff like it, yeah so respect so yeah I mean I'm gonna keep riding I mean Bronco Bronco country let's ride I'm it's gonna Broncos. keep riding the I mean, come on, Broncos country let's ride 
I'm riding the Russell Wilson train still straight into the ground. If it, I, I think the Texans are fun. I just, I think everyone, I, Steven was kind of touching on it there. Like everyone's wanting them to be a little bit better than they truly are at this point, which is, I don't blame anyone because they're fun to root for. His job's been great. I just don't think they're there quite yet. I think they're that team that's showing good progress, but they're just, they're kind of, you're seeing why they're still not quite there. They're coming off, obviously, bad seasons. They're not quite just that team yet. And I'm just going to lean with the Broncos, who've been hot, especially if I'm getting points. Um, we talk so much about C.J. Stroud. Tank Dell is amazing. Like, if it weren't for Stroud, Tank Dell would probably, you know, be in the conversation for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, I have been a big believer in the Texans. I Very famously, Mark Schofield is the only one who ever gives me credit for this, said that they could win the AFC South this year. It looks a little bit more they difficult, won't. obviously, after last week um but it is it is really fun it's it's really rare like i like to say that you know everybody agrees on something but like who doesn't who doesn't think this is fun like who's like oh the, get that get out of here with this like this texans story is stupid like nobody feels that way um so i'm gonna take the texans and i'm gonna lock them up and i locked mm. them up at three and a half um so steven apparently the odds or the line is three this morning so i picked up a half point um that's given how strong of a performance we see on a weekly basis from stroud um, three points feels pretty manageable. I think they'll win this game, and I, I think that they'll win, you know, at least by four, just because if this turns into a who can score more points thing, which is kind of the point of the game, um, I, <laughs> I I trust CJ Stroud more than I do Russell Wilson, which is a weird way to feel in 2023. Wow. But here we are. Um, Trail. Fun fact about the icebox. Winter is coming. I'm in the icebox. Did you pack a coat, Brandon? No. Are you somebody, Brandon, you live in a cold climate, who wears gloves or mittens often? Do gloves, yeah. Scarf? Um, sometimes. It has to be really cold for that. Okay. I don't live in a climate where scarves are like a common thing. So like, do you tie a knot or do you just like, kind of wrap it around? So, like, wrap it around. Climate? I mean, that would really only be like if I'm going to be outside for a long time. Not Steven, like, you know, going to and from the car or whatever. Steven, you strike me as somebody who has like a really fashionable scarf. Like a really, you know, <laughs> good, like I, a good looking scarf. I actually don't own a single scarf. Um, uh, I do. I'm a uh, like when it's really cold and you got to bundle up. I'm just a layers and like zip to the top guy. You got to be careful with the zip at the top because then the zipper gets cold and then it like, Mm. you know, touches your neck and it's just like, you know, (laughs) weird. thing. Not when you have a scarf. I thought about locking up the Atlanta Falcons as well, um, just because the Jets are so bad. Uh, I know. And it was two and a half at that point. It's apparently two now. Um, I'm obviously not. But Stephen, as bad as the Falcons are, the Jets are a disgrace. I mean, the Jets are it's a. I don't think any of us could have imagined how bad this could have gotten. And obviously, the Aaron Rodgers thing is what it is. But like also the and I'm really grateful for Aaron Rodgers speaking up for Dak Prescott this week. So I feel bad about this. But like the Aaron Rodgers return story, like hanging out like it's it's all just like nobody is having fun right now if you're a Jets fan. It's interesting to watch how this season's unfolding for the Jets because I think they're just going to get a mulligan on this whole thing. And I think it's perfectly reasonable to question the decision-making there and whether or not the front office and the coaching staff should feel insecure about their jobs. And I don't think any of them do based on – even though that – they, they trotted Zach Wilson out there forever. Uh, they put Tim Boyle out there last week. And it's like they've got Trevor Simeon hanging around. And we've at least seen Trevor Simeon, like, have some success in the NFL. So, like, can we see what he can do now? Or 
Like, why didn't you call up Joe Flacco? Like Joe Flacco's played for the Jets before. Why didn't you go try to get somebody? And it, I don't think it's going to happen this week against the Falcons. Like I'm going to take the Falcons in the points because I have no faith. The Jets can score against anyone at this point, but I, I don't, I do feel like there's going to be a game coming soon where that defense just totally throws in the towel and they get totally just dismantled by somebody. I, I, I haven't looked at their schedule. I don't know who it's going to be, but I feel like that game is coming soon because they're unraveling right now. And I, the, just the way that they leaned into Aaron Rodgers and gave him all of this power. And now they're still kind of toying like, Oh, we're going to activate his practice window. He's going to come back. Like, it's just so stupid. It's so dumb. And if I was a Jets fan, I would be, I would be out. Like I would, I would be out on the whole situation right now because it's that bad. And it's insane what they're doing this season. The fact that they're even like playing with the idea that 40 year old Aaron Rodgers is going to come back and save their season somehow is insane. Uh, quickly, the Jets host the Texans next week. Could we not see like CJ Stroud like yeah. going off? And then like, that's the narrative like Stroud dismantled the mighty Jets defense. But to your point, they kind of went with Brandon. So. I just don't see what the point of playing Tim Boyle is. Like, what's like, what are you, what does he do? Like, what do you point to? There's no intrigue. <laughs> He's just bad. He sucks. He's always sucked. Look at his entire career going back to college. At no point was it was like, okay, this guy was good, but then obviously he got to the NFL and it was just a different level of competition and he couldn't handle it. He couldn't be good at that. No, he's always been bad. They're only playing him, I guess, because Aaron Rodgers likes him. But like, okay, great. Um, yeah, the Jets, the Jets are pretty listless is the word I would use to describe them. And I guess that does make them worth considering locking up or at least the Falcons locking up just because right. of how bad the Jets are not even because a testament to the Falcons just because simply that the Jets are lifeless I mean that game was pathetic watching that game they only had a chance because they had um you know the pick six there um they're just a worthless team so give me the Falcons yeah nothing about it even seems like comfortable like it just seems stressful like I would love to you know, hear like a, a New Jersey household that's like divided between Giants and Jets fans, like argue, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just like, I would love to hear that right now. But um, I'm also taking the Falcons for what it's worth, if that isn't obvious. Uh, Brandon, Shane Steichen, kind of a low key contender for coach of the year. Um, and it's really easy to see why, given what the Colts are doing. Mm. Looks like they're going to be without Jonathan Taylor, obviously, but they are in Nashville to take on the Titans and they are only one point favorites. Yeah. You mentioned that you thought about locking this game up considered it that's a suspicious line to me it's fishy why aren't the colts favored by more here what have the titans done that you're like oh i don't know titans might be able to pull it out at home they I'll got frank Greg fired that's what they did okay they beat the panthers 17 to 10 right I'll you win in cover but the line is a little suspicious to me so i'm not making it my lock yeah okay. um <laughs> It, it is a weird one. And like Tennessee, it's Will Levis had that one game where he came in and it was like, ooh, like this is intriguing. Like they've got something going here now. And it's just been really bad since then. And I don't like Will Levis still shows pop. Like he still tries to throw the football down the field. And I think there's enough signs there that like, yeah, you're like, this is the guy moving forward, at least for the next couple of seasons, see what you can do with him. Uh, but they're just a bad football team. And, and the Colts, 
the Colts don't do anything on a weekly basis that you're like, yeah, that's a legitimate playoff team, but they're in this position because they're doing just enough to win games. And their defense started out the year pretty rough, but it's been playing a lot better recently. And I, I think even with Jonathan Taylor being out, like Zach Moss was really good early in the season when he was the lead running back. So I don't think it's going to be like a huge drop off going back to Zach Moss with Taylor being out here. So I like the Colts. I, I think it should be more than this too. Just the one point, the one point is it, it's, it's a weird line. I totally agree. I'm with you both. It's suspicious. That's the best word to use. I think um, I'm, I'm going to say this and I, I, I hope that it's understood how significant it is for me to say this. The vibes with the Colts are really nice. You know what I mean? They're, <laughs> they're not great, but they're really nice. And I give Shane Steichen a whole hell of a lot of credit for mm. turning that around, surviving the initial Jonathan Taylor mess, surviving, you know, the Anthony Richardson injury, surviving, you know, what his owner's doing on a seemingly weekly basis at this point in time. Like the Colts have a, a, a bit of reliability, a bit of trust. And it, it, it looked like it was going to take a very long time for them to build that up. I think it's interesting that they're playing the Titans the week after Frank Reich got fired after losing to them. I mean, maybe Frank Reich was really bad in Indianapolis. Like maybe it wasn't just, you know, their horrible general manager and their awful owner and all this different stuff. Um, I'm really interested in the Colts. I kind of am rooting them for, be, for them to be a playoff team at this point in time. Uh, they've scrapped it wow. together in the right way. Um, my last take on this, I'm taking the Colts if it, isn't, if it isn't obvious. I don't know if you guys have noticed this. The Titans have a new, I mean, it's not new new at this point, but like they have new turf. It's like a new field um, at their stadium. And it, it looks out of place because their stadium is so like obviously an outdoor one. It's too like perfect. You know, like I'm, mm. I'm, I'm so used to seeing it kind of like torn up. You know what I mean? Like it just, it's too clean in a, in a dark, you know, kind of setting where their kind of December games tend to happen. So mm. I thought that was important to know. Um, speaking of the Panthers, they are Frank Reichless, and they are also so many other people less at this point in time. Uh, but they have David Tepper saying, who knows what Steven in different press conferences, they, um, are a candidate for the, you know, coach firing bump. Um, but I don't know if that's going to happen at Tampa Bay because they are five point underdogs. I don't think there's any kind of bump. <laughs> the um, I, I think it's all bad right now. I think David Tepper, needs to hire people who he trusts and who he will let actually run his organization and stop interfering with everything. And I'm going to take the bucks in this one because the Panthers are that bad. Yeah. I am a big believer in the head coach got fired bump, but I believe in that in part because typically when that happens, it's a head coach that the players don't really like and they're like happy he's gone. I don't think right. the players are like happy. Frank Reich is gone. They might not like miss him, but I don't think they're like, dancing on his grave so to speak right uh so like the raiders and josh mcdaniels and exactly. the cigars and everything to your point right exactly yeah so i don't think you're getting that part of it and also panthers offensive line is a disaster it's terrible and the bucks aren't good but the panthers have just been way worse all season long and i don't see them getting a boost here i see them losing yet again and keeping the bucks somehow still alive in the nfc south playoff race i saw a post on the panthers subreddit um like a week ago that was like, I the person was saying like, I always get really happy when the Panthers get like a turn in the national media. I never want it to be like this ever again. <laughs> like it was just like so like they're so down. I, and how can you not be like, what are you what are you excited about? You're not excited about Bryce Young. Like there's nothing happening with your team that you are like super pumped to see in 2024. Nothing. 
Yeah, because you don't even have the number one overall pick potentially. Mm, That's tough gross. to not have the like. How many teams have traded away prior to the season the pick that ended up being the number one overall pick? Um, that happened with the Cowboys. Um, they did inherit the number one overall pick in 1991. That's when they took Russell Maryland, who was we talked about. They hadn't taken a defensive tackle in the first round. That happened to them. So, yeah, that's only. So it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, game of the week, uh, our same game parlay, the San Francisco 49ers, Stephen, are visiting the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know if Brandon looked it up. He can tell us if he did in a moment. Um, the last time the Eagles were home underdogs, um, they are 10 and 1. The Niners are monsters. Uh, this has game of the year potential, obviously. It is a rematch of the NFC Championship game. Um, it's it's dripping with juice. I mean, it's it's all over the place. Where are you going and why? I think it's pretty bogus that San Francisco is favored in this game at Ooh. Philadelphia. Um, now I, the 49ers, when they're healthy and when everything's clicking, they've got it like one of the most talented rosters in all of the league, but so do the Philadelphia Eagles. And we've seen this with the Eagles where even if they don't show up and play a perfect game, like they just have so many stars that can make enough plays that put them in a position to come away with the win. And I know we kind of saw them struggle against the Chiefs, struggle against the Bills, come out, win it in the fourth quarter, and make the plays they needed to to get those wins. I think this is a game that you're really going to see the best version of the Eagles. And San Francisco, for as talented as they are, it's their offensive line still concerns me because if Trent Williams goes down, which we already saw him miss an extended period of time earlier this season, their offensive line's not very good outside of that. And so I think... While Trent Williams is an incredible all-world left tackle, I think there's still matchups that you can beat them up front with uh, along that Eagles defensive line. So I think it's going to be an incredible game. I hope we get fireworks, uh, unlike we did last year in the playoffs when Purdy got hurt. Like I hope we get the best version of both of these teams, but I'm going to take the Eagles because I, I don't think they should be underdogs at home in this game. I could not feel more confident in the Eagles winning this game, which is why they are my lock of the week. I mean, I'll take them outright. I, I don't even care about the points. I'm taking the points for the sake of our game. But I think from a vibes perspective, and obviously I'm a big vibes guy, I just think the Eagles are totally benefiting from the vibes in terms of being the underdogs and having that kind of, you know, we're not getting any respect, which is silly, again, for a 10-1 and team to have to use that as motivation. But... It doesn't hurt to have that in your favor. I think it doesn't hurt that the 49ers have complained all offseason long about something that was legal, something that was not like an unfair thing. Their quarterbacks legally got knocked out of the game because they couldn't protect them well enough because their offensive line isn't good, and their genius head coach decided it was a good idea to block Hassan Reddick with a backup tight end. None of that's illegal. You don't have a right to cry about that when that is just part of the game, being able to protect your quarterback. And the 49ers, I think, are going to struggle to protect their quarterback. The Eagles' pass rush has been very good this year. They have the same amount of sacks, believe it or not, through 11 games this year as they did last year when they came two sacks shy of tying the single-season NFL record for sacks. So pass rush is still really good. I think they can take advantage of that offensive line. I think across the board, the Eagles kind of match up well. With the 49ers in certain areas, the 49ers aren't necessarily the strongest at cornerback. I think A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith will be able to win their fair share of matchups. And I just don't see the 49ers coming in here, talking all that bull junk, and coming out with a win. I think the Eagles win this game, and I think they cement their status at the top of the NFC Lock of the Week. 
I do think this is a um, not narrative shifting game, but it's a narrative locking game, right? Like if the Eagles win this game, particularly in impressive fashion, it's like, hey, yeah, they, you know, they won however they had to against whoever. But when the big bad 29er challengers came in, they shut them up. They put an end to all the whining and crying that San Francisco did over the course of the offseason. They really are the better team. They really are the NFC's elite. On the other side of that is San Francisco manages to win their claim about having lost Brock Purdy in the title game. I don't say it becomes more fair, but like they, their life or their, their motto of, of, Hey, we're a better team when we have our quarterback um, that has life to it. And it's, I think there's a bit of, I don't want to say exposing, but like, I think people are waiting for the Eagles to lose to say, I told you so, like they can't be doing this week in and week out. Um, I, I want Steven, you mentioned you want to see fireworks. I want to see like pettiness and bad blood. I want to see like a fight. Like I want to see a street fight between these. Two I teams. think we will see I think, that. I don't think you, I think wait. that would, yeah, I think that would be really entertaining. I have, said over and over and over again i'm not gonna pick against the eagles until they give me a reason not to but the niners are the team that i fear the most in the nfl i will not bet against them uh i'm not locking them up which i know would make brandon very happy but i'm gonna take the niners here uh even though i have to lay the three points i would obviously prefer if they were underdogs i do think brandon you like to say a lot that you know you say like i think vegas is telling you i think vegas is telling you i do think it's fascinating that san francisco is is not just favored but favored by three points in philadelphia um that is a really significant thing um i mean the team with the mvp front runner from an odds-based perspective right now the team with the best record in the nfl the reigning nfc champions the team that almost won the super bowl are three-point home underdogs to the team they beat in the nfc title game in the same building like that's a strange phenomenon i like it i like where it's at i think people are overreacting to the eagles like they're just i know they've you know it's been close in these games, but they're 10 and one. I don't think they're getting the full credit clearly of a 10 and one team. And I think people are overreacting a little bit to the oh, Niners are just back now. They had that three game losing streak, but that doesn't count. They're just the best now. They're great. They're infallible. They're awesome. Um, they are a great team. I don't have, I'm not trying to disrespect the 49ers. I think they're the second best team in the NFC behind the Eagles, but I think the Eagles are better. It's uh, uh, some of this reminds me of last year when Jalen Hurts went down at the end of the season and then going into the playoffs, it was like felt like everybody was just it's we're we're going with the Niners, like they're the best team in the NFC because we don't know what's going on with the Eagles. And I was just sitting here like, did everybody forget how good the Eagles were before Jalen Hurts got hurt? Like if he's healthy and good for a playoff run, they'll be fine. And they went to a Super Bowl. Like I feel like there's still some of that happening with the 49ers and the Eagles for some reason, just because the Eagles have been playing these close games, but they're still incredibly talented. Like they're still, they still have the best record in all of the NFL. Um, somebody once said that the coldest winter of their life that they had was a summer they spent in San Francisco. And as I am with the Niners, I'm in the icebox and it's pretty chilly. Fun fact about the icebox. Winter is coming. I'm in the icebox. Brandon, the Cleveland Browns are visiting the Los Angeles Rams, um, and the Rams are three-and-a-half-point favorites, and I'm going to zap you just because this game stinks. Thank you. Rams minus three-and-a-half. I will also take the Rams. There's not much else to say. Yeah, um, Brandon can't answer this, but Stephen, are, are we 100% positive the Browns are a playoff team? Like, could this not fall apart? I think it could, but I mean, without looking at their schedule, I just feel like their defense is going to continue to put them in, uh, in in good spots to win. Um, but I also haven't seen the status on Miles Garrett this week. He was banged up last week. so um, I'll take the Rams as well. Kyron Williams, 
rules. That takes us to Sunday night football. Steven, um, late night for you. Um, obviously, the congrats on the Monday night football thing getting flexed. Uh, the Chiefs are at Lambeau. Uh, we never really got to see Pat Mahomes there against Aaron Rodgers, but Patrick Mahomes against Jordan Love at Lambeau. We doesn't love that. Chiefs are six-point favorites. Um, had a bit of a stressful start last week, but did manage to get the win, obviously, against Vegas nonetheless. But Green Bay surging. Yeah, I, I'm not ready to say this is like a uh, that last week was a turning point for the Chiefs or anything like that. Um, but I, I get that the Packers have won three out of four. They just came off of a win against the Lions. I just don't think that that Lions defense can test you the way the Chiefs defense is going to test the Packers on Sunday night. And you know, it's been a bad bet to pick the Chiefs to cover and, and win by like multiple scores this year uh, because the offense has been pretty unreliable. But this feels like a nice game where Mahomes has never actually played at Lambeau Field, and he mentioned mm. that. And so Sunday night football, uh, primetime game, I, I think we're going to get a, a reasonable version of the Chiefs offense, and I think their defense is just going to eat that Packers offensive line alive. So I think the Chiefs win pretty easily on Sunday night. Mm. I was really impressed with Jordan Love on Thanksgiving. I thought he was making like high-level throws. That wasn't just about the Lions defense being bad, which – it is pass defense, but he was making great throws. I was like, who is this guy? Not used to seeing this version of Jordan Love. I don't know if that's going to continue to show up in this game, especially as Steven mentioned, the, the Chiefs defense is obviously great, but I'll take the Packers to keep it competitive. They'll lose. The Chiefs will win this game, but I'll take the Packers plus six. I think I'm ready to believe in the Chiefs again. I know that I'm with you, Steven. I wouldn't, I no, wouldn't, well, I mean, like, not that I like jump ship, but like, I don't, I'm with you. I think that's a great way to put it. I don't think last year was a turning point, but um it was a bit more of a like we're the chiefs like let's let's quit this and so um this is this is the time of year where it's time to wake up and take things seriously and if there's one team i believe in doing that over and over and over and over again it's the chiefs um i know the nfl really wants this to be like a great thing because it's at lambeau field but let's relax a little bit so um I'll so take the chiefs. i have one last thing on the packers because as okay. i've said i, I think was in the middle of my pick but okay no worries <laughs> well i thought you were done i was trying to do it before you get literally speaking Okay, okay. So I'll take the Chiefs and lay the points. But Brandon, your more important point, let's hear it. Well, here's the Packers' remaining schedule. They get the – indulge me, if you will, with some uh, win-loss yeah. game here that we typically play on the NFC's mixtape. Because right now the Packers are at 5-6. and six. But, okay, so you're, both of you are taking them to lose. All of us are taking them to lose to the Chiefs. Okay, they're 5-7. and seven. But then Giants on the road, do they win? Yes. Yeah. Okay, Bucks at home, do they win? Yes. Yeah. Panthers in Carolina, do they win? Yes. We're, yes. We all agree that the Packers are a playoff team, but so are the Seahawks, Brandon. It's okay. Packers they can both make it. and uh, playing at the Vikings? Maybe not. I don't know. Okay. I'm and then they get the Bears up. in the finale. That's a dub. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Well the season strong. Uh, the Bengals will visit the Jaguars on Monday Night Football. Jacksonville laying nine points in Duval. One sentence. I will say that I think the Jaguars win, and I'm really sad watching the Bengals without Joe Burrow. Steve? Yeah, I don't see how you could buy into their backup quarterback, so Jacksonville wins. Doug Peterson forever, and he will be back-to-back AFC South championship head coach after the Jags were the worst team in football for two years in a row. 
Mm-mm. It's not like they landed a generational quarterback with a number one overall pick that he inherited or anything. How's Bryce Young Peter. doing? How's Bryce Young doing? Is he regarded the same pick? way as Trevor Lawrence was? A lot of people liked. I mean, I don't. I can't speak to that. Uh, but a lot of people all the people who, who were you know standing for Desmond Ritter put Bryce Young in the same. Bryce Young was not like Trevor a Lawrence. joke of a number one overall. I'm not pick. saying like, he he was, but he wasn't Trevor him. Lawrence. Like Trevor Lawrence was, okay. you know, a bit of a different situation. Stephen, um, as we leave, please tell us your favorite Christmas song. Uh, I don't know. The Bob Dylan has a uh, Christmas album he released several years ago. Wow, I, I can't think of. Uh, I think it's like there's a song called "Must Be Santa" on it. That's that's my favorite Christmas song. Must be Santa.